Hallo en welkom allemaal bij Grim to the Brim. Ons allemaal zit hier zo lekker in gesels en ons praat oor die Grim stories en trek hulle jyltemal uit mekaar uit. So, allemaal wat hier saam met my sit vanavond, het nie een vakantiedag morgen nie. Maar hey, hier so is hulle nou. Ali is hier so om vir my te translate. Um, I think he said hello at the beginning, but apart from that, I, I don't know. I don't know what he just said. Grim. Grim. Grim to the brim. Grim to the brim. Grim to the brim. Ah, the story is called the Bremen Town Musicians. There was once a certain man who had a donkey which had carried the corn sacks to the mill indefeatably. What? Indefeatably. <laughs> <laughs> There's no feet in this. Indefatigably. Indefatigably. Fuck it out! <laughs> there was once a certain man who had a donkey which had carried the corn sacks to the mill indefatigably for many a long year. But his strength was going and he was growing more and more unfit for work. Then his master began to consider how he might best save his keep. But the donkey, seeing that no good was blowing, ran away and set out on the road to Bremen. <sighs> he thought... I could surely be town musician. <laughs> when he had... <laughs> this is the donkey. What, the donkey said that? Yeah. What else is the donkey going to do if it can't pull a car anymore? Donkey. <laughs> what does a donkey sound like? Uh, you might be indefatigable <laughs> in your fucking corn sack carrying, but like, that doesn't mean you can play a guitar. <laughs> it's a one-man band. I... All, you need, all you need is two hooves and a guitar, and you're away. He's yeah. town musician, though, like... Maybe he uses his hooves as the the music. That's the and music. He plays the bongos. Yeah, he has like little donkey bongos. Town musician, everyone. The best musician uh, in town. When he had walked some distance, he found a hound lying on the road, gasping like one who had run till he was tired. What are you gasping for, you big fellow? Asked the donkey. <sighs> <sighs> Replied the hound. As I am old and daily grow weaker, and no longer can hunt. My master wanted to kill me. So I took the flight. But now, how am I to earn my bread? Tell you what, said the donkey. I'm going to Bremen. And I shall be town musician there. Go with me and engage yourself also as a musician. I'll play the lute and you can beat the kettle drum. It's okay, so the, the dog's playing the kettle drum and the donkey's playing the lute. Yeah, that's not a band yet though, is it? The hound agreed, and on they went. Before long they came to a cat, sitting on the path, with a face like three rainy days. Now then, now then, old shaver, what's gonna skew with you? Asked the donkey. To Jimmy Savile. <laughs> now then, now then. <laughs> <laughs> Can I pop a face cigar? Who can be merry when his neck is in danger? Answered the cat. Because now I am getting old... <laughs> Oh my <laughs> Eastern European. Come on. And my teeth are worn to stumps, and I prefer to sit by the fire and spin rather than hunt about after mice. My mistress wanted to drown me, so I ran away. But now, good advice is scarce. Where am I to go? Go with us to Bremen. You understand night music, so you can be a town musician. That's a statement. Do you understand night music? 
You understand that music? What's night music? You understand it? Like, is night music feature the lute? <laughs> Vampire cat DJ. Are you, are you the cat? Didn't you write night music? Did I? That was me. I, that's me. I also co-wrote Night Rider in the eighties. But uh... <laughs> I'm working on a new screenplay. Nightbird. The cat thought well of it and went with them. After this, the three fugitives came to a farmyard where the cock was sitting upon the gate, grow crowing with all his might. Your crow grows through and through one, <laughs> said the donkey. <laughs> I don't remember the question mark. <laughs> oh, is it me? It's you now, cock. And, and I've got a crow through and through, oh, haven't I? Please, Uh-oh. no. Uh-oh. <laughs> David, no. I'm being fertile and fine weather because it's the day on which our lady washes the Christ child's little shirts and wants to dry them, said the cock. <laughs> But guests are coming for Sunday, so the housewife has no pity, and uh, oh, wait a and has told the cook she intends to eat me in the soup tomorrow, and this evening I'm to have my head cut off. Now I'm crying full bits while I can. <laughs> This crow gets the biggest part. Well, he's crowing <laughs> full bits while he can. I was sweating through that. I was waiting for it to escalate. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but Redcomb, said the donkey. Better come away with us. We're going to Bremen, and you can find something better than death everywhere. You have a good voice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my vocalist. And, and oh, if nice. we make music together, it must have some quality. <laughs> yeah, the founder frontman. No need to audition. You, okay, so you've got the cat on the kettle drum. You've got no, the donkey on the loo. No, the cat's not on kettle drum. The cat's night music. Oh, that was the hound. The dog's on kettle drum. Yeah, the dog's on kettle drum. The cat is on night, night music. music. What is that, an instrument? What's not? So the cat just <laughs> does night, night music. music. It's, the, it's that thing. You know what Sheldon plays? What is it? What? Meow, 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 meow. It's ther- the theremin. Oh. Cats on theremin. The theremin. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, we've got a lute player, a theremin, which hasn't been invented for another three hundred years. A fucking crow crowing all over the place. Just one night only, everyone. And it's for the best. He went round the block. Bremen yeah. is not going to know what's hit it. Does <laughs> rock that fucking town hard? Does the word tinnitus ring a bell? The cock agreed to this plan, and all four went on together. They could not, however, reach the city of Bremen in one day, and in the evening they came to a forest where they meant to pass the night. The donkey and the hound laid themselves down under a large tree. The cat and the cock settled themselves in the branches, but the cock flew right to the top where he was most safe. Before he went to sleep, he looked round on all the four sides and thought he saw in the distance a little spark burning. So he called out to his companions that there must be a house not far off, for he saw a light. The donkey said, if so, we better get up and go on, for the shelter here is bad. The hound thought that. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, bad I sleeping under the trees, the you know. It's donkey. a really natural line. It's a really natural line of dialogue. I find. The hound thought that a few bones with some meat on would do him good too. So they made their way to the place where the light was, and soon saw it shine brighter and grow larger. 
until they came to a well-lighted robber's house. The donkey, as the biggest, went to the window and looked in. How do they know it's a robber's house? They saw all his stripy jumpers on the washing line. What do you see, my grey horse? <laughs> Asked the cock. What do I see? Answered the donkey. The table covered with good things to eat and drink, and robbers sitting at it enjoying themselves. Uh oh. Yes, that would be the sort of thing for us! Keep it Said down, the cock. cock. Jeez, I'm trying to <laughs> steal some bloody dinner. <laughs> Yeah, and how I wish we were there, said the donkey. <laughs> I think the crow is just hangry. Or the cock is hangry, sorry. Yeah, I reckon so. When this was done, at a given signal, they began to perform their music together. The donkey brayed, the hound barked, the cat mewed, and the cock crowed. Then they burst through the window into the room, so that the glass clattered. At this horrible din, the robbers sprang up, thinking no otherwise than that a ghost had come in, and fled in a great mm. fright out into the forest. Mm. <laughs> well, well, what comedy do you mm. want to make, Andy? I just, uh, just ghost wouldn't be the first thing to come to mind. I don't like the sound <laughs> of a... On a one, two, one, two, three, four... That so, must be a ghost. Spooky, yeah, isn't it? no. I mean, I would definitely a ghost. I would run if I would if I were to hear that right now outside my window. <laughs> I would soil my trousers. The four companions now sat down at the table, well content with what was left, and ate as if they were going to fast for a month. As soon as the four minstrels had done, they put out the light, and each sought for himself a sleeping place according to his nature and to what suited him. The donkey laid himself down upon some straw in the yard, the hound behind the door, the cat upon the hearth near the warm ashes, and the cock perched himself upon a beam off the roof, and being tired from their long walk, they soon went to sleep. When it was past midnight and the robbers saw from afar that the light was no longer burning in their house, and all appeared quiet, the captain said, We ought not to have let ourselves be frightened out of our wits, and ordered one of them to go and examine the house. The messenger, finding all still, went into the kitchen to light a candle and taking the glistening fiery eyes of the cat for live coals. He held a lucifer match to them to light it, but the cat did not- Whoa, 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 whoa. Cat's there on the coals making the sign of the cross like- <laughs> He saw a cat. He saw a cat and thought it was- Where's them lucifer matches? <laughs> also, what's a lucifer match? Yes, no I'm curious. It's a self-igniting match, one which could be lit by striking on any surface, as opposed to the safety matches which only light against the material on the side of the box. But the cat did not understand the joke, and flew in his face, spitting and scratching. He was dreadfully frightened, and ran to the back door, but the dog, who lay there, sprang up and bit his leg. And as he ran across the yard by the straw heap, the donkey gave him a smart kick with his hind foot. The cock, too, who had been awakened by the noise and had become lively, cried down from the beam. Cock and That's enough to freaking send anyone running. <laughs> then the robber ran back as fast as he could to his captain and said, Oh, there's a horrible witch sitting in the house, and she spat on me and scratched my face with her long claws, and by the door stands a man with a knife who stabbed me in the leg, and in the yard there lies a black monster who beat me with a wooden club, and above, on the roof, sits the judge who called out, Bring the rogue here to me! So I got away as well as I could. 
Wait. Bring the rogue here to me. Cockadoodle do. That is what it translates to. Bring the rogue here to me. Shame on you for not being able to speak cock. I think it's Afrikaans. I'm so sorry. David, you need to change your line so it sounds more like bring the rogue here to me. Shall I do that again? Yeah. All right. Give me the intro to the line. The cook cried down from the The beam. The cock, too, had been wakened by the noise and had come lively, cried down from the beam. Bring the rogue here to me! Considering that this is called the the Bremen t- Bremen Town Musicians, there's like one musical rehearsal, and that's it. I mean, there's not even a gig. There's not the big show. You know, there's they no tour. They practice their stacking moves, though. Yeah, that's it. It's it's very misleading. I mean, all I can assume is that there's another twenty minutes worth of story to go, and we're gonna find it's all this out of the, the story. rehearsals. <laughs> it's just about this fucking Airbnb. Uh, and their disappointment <laughs> with it. They probably got kicked out of the Airbnb for trying to rehearse, let's be frank. At the very, right, at the very yeah. least, we need to hear the donkey try to play the lute. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, you, you can't just do, like, check, check off lute over there. You can't, you've, got to, you've got to use the damn thing. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, Where's the... everyone's got to be really pissed oh, off. Hold on. That was it. Amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. You could really hear the... The hoof. Yeah. I tried to make a hoof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could tell. In fact, it would be more like this sort of thing, really, if you think about it. Like, this is more like a hoof. <laughs> <That's what it's laughs> like. Love it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> straight, straight on top of the pops. After this, the robbers did not trust themselves in the house again, but it suited the full musician of Bremen so well that they did not care to leave it anymore. And the mouth of him who last told the story is still warm. What? Yes, yeah. my mouth is still is warm. True? I'm sure. <laughs> Can we get a thermometer to check that? What? So they saying that they're still alive? Is that? Uh, is that what that means? I guess. I don't know what that means. The story is really well told. So this, the moral of the story is: don't let a load of animals into your Airbnb because they won't leave. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They will ward off burglars. <laughs> but at what cost? <laughs> I don't know if I can play the pan. Pan, but I don't think I'm qualified. Water, right? I've never, I didn't get taught this at school, David. It's full of water, so just be careful. Oh, this is play it with these. Uh, Why do you have a pan? Don't question these things, Andy. I'm going to hoof this thing. And that's what you hear at your window when they approach. Now I believe uh, something something's been written. It's quite a quite a long story, and it's it's what's been called the uh, the breel of a lifetime. Do we have time for so a breel of a lifetime? Let's just no sing pressure, this Andy. theme song. It's the breel. It's the breel of a lifetime. <laughs> lifetime. Let's all sing that same thing. One, two, three. It's, it's the, the breel. It's the breel of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounded a bit flat there, Kate. Mm. All right, I'm going to start the story. Go on, Here then. Here we go. <laughs> go. <clears throat> oh, it was so long ago that I can barely remember most of it. But I shall begin with something that I'll never be able to forget. The image of kings parping in unison. As I recall, kings would drive their horses into the Neto Horse Park and honk their horns to get each other's attentions about political issues, two honks to warn for impending economic downturns, or eight honks 
or the donkeys are revolting, that kind of thing. Are these don't like duck honks? Some people pull in and they're just a quick honk honk. But like, are they just know. saying it? It's like a, it's an all it's an all night occasion. They gather the honk, they honk. The honks. Honk 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 honk. <laughs> they, I mean, they have like they have a mechanism, you know, like a a horn, you might call it. So you pull in. Sometimes you go like this when there's no real issue. What was that for? What was two honks for? <laughs> yes. Well, we'll get to that. What was it? What so, was the eight honk? I've got my honker here. I'm just trying to. Well, you'll be ready. You'll be ready every time. Every time I say honk from this point on, you follow with the sound effect. <laughs> but I okay? need the number of honks, though. Okay, so oh, no, sometimes no. it's two. Sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll cover that. Trust me, we'll cover that. Right. Okay, sometimes okay. it doesn't stop. Well, I'm ready. Most nights, the many kings of the Neto Horse Park would peacefully go about their business in this romantic and evocative manner. Honk themselves out, they would, until only dry, parched squeaks projected out of their horns, and their hands were bloodless and calloused. But then one night, our story begins. Honk, honk, honk. Honk, honk. Honk, honk. Honk, honk, honk. Honk. One of the kings honked. <laughs> I just see this king with a golden crown and shit, like with the red cape on his head, just opening his mouth and that's coming out. <laughs> now, I've seen him more. He's got some honking apparatus here. He's got like one of those honkers, you know, with it's the a, little pet on the end of it. It's a status symbol, right? The more elaborate the horn, the more like contrived oh, the Oh, like with the Dixie is. horns. You see the people with the... Not the Dixie horns. <laughs> what's, that? what's the Dixie <laughs> horn? <laughs> <laughs> we honk that eight times, though, for unrest. <laughs> over and over again. That was 11 honks, in case you weren't counting. Don't worry, I know it can be hard to count honks if you're not told to count them before the honking starts. To be honest, in preparation for telling this story, what I did was decide how many honks was too many honks, and then wrote honks as many times as that. So I had a head start to count them. Don't beat yourself up about it. Right then, open your royal honklets. Not included with the audio version of Grim to the Brim. It's time to decipher the message. Eleven honks. Fred is afoot. That's right, it was Fred, and he was back. <clears throat> it's Fred, everybody. Better Quickly keep on your toes. Stand by. Quickly, the kings rode out of the horse park and back to their kingdoms to raise the drawbridges and lock up their daughters in the highest towers. They could take no risks, for he was a right old Fred, make no mistake. Uh, but, but who was this Fred and why should we care? Settle down at the back, let me tell you by showing this is a story after all, not just a list of things that happened. So, it's very important that you know that there was one kingdom in which the king did not visit Neto because he thought he was too good for it. This meant that the people of King Canute's land never heard the warning. They were, as the saying goes, ducks just waiting to be latched to the front of a cart made from nuts before then be forced to drive it about against their will. In the middle of Canute's kingdom, there was a tavern. It was dark in the tavern, dark like when there's hardly any candles for candles were the primary source of light at the time in which this story is set, and there was a fire lit in the corner. Fire was the secondary source. All the patrons of the tavern were huddled close to this fire, because dark also means nighttime in this world, and nights were cold there too. Do you follow what I'm saying? 
Two is like donkeys are kicking off, I think. And then eight was like, there's an uprising. <laughs> Eleven, we don't know yet. Fred's near. We know that. Eleven means night music's coming. Okay, so imagine you were close to the fire too, on account of the cold, remember? And as you were sitting there, you heard the entrance to the tavern slowly creak open. A long creak, like when a king's honk gets stuck in a moving lift. Wait, hold on. I need I need a honk that's like drawn out, like a squeaky door hear? opening. Can you manage that one, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> you felt the cold air that blasted through the gap between the door and the door frame, and listened as the door sang out. Eee, me front's as cold as me back. I cannot stress enough the importance of closing this crack. The patrons, did I mention they had names? All turned in the direction of the door, and that was the exact moment in which we all saw him for the first time. But he was a nobody. A below-average type of person, with a round face and lame hair. Carrying a book. On his own to read a book in a tavern. What a complete and utter nobody we all thought, especially me. The nobody, ashamed to be the centre of attention, closed the door and quickly sulked up to the bar of the tavern. Then, sulked up to the bar? Sulked. Hi. Oh, <laughs> oh no, my God. Oh, 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 all the way over there. Oh, bastard. Then, without making eye contact, he requested a strong, soupy pint of Poobly, the finest liquor in all of the United Kingdoms. Pint in one hand, book in the other, he slid to the back of the room, his round face ensconced enough in its own lumpy flesh so as not to worry about the cold. Good, the other patrons thought. He will stay far enough away that we do not have to look at his complete and utter ordinariness. I know what you're thinking. Is that or is that not Fred? I thought this was going to be a monster coming to the tavern to eat everyone so the story could end and I could clock off early and turn in behind the stove for the night. Settle down. This is a story. There has to be some suspense, you know? Like, he might be Fred, he might not be Fred. That's the fun of it. Do you even know what a story is? Like, maybe Fred is the name of the tavern owner or the innkeeper? Did you even consider that? That Fred was actually lovely old Al the barman? That would blow your minds right off, wouldn't it? Anyway, right, so Fred has sat down and was reading his book. On and on, Fred read and drank. Drank and read. Read and Is Fred. It is Fred, yeah. Sorry. I sort of built it up, didn't I? And then just pulled the rug out. It's like, you think this is Fred? You've got another thing coming. Anyway, Fred drank his fucking drink. <laughs> it's terrible, right? Now, all that suspense for nothing. It was shit. Fred all along. <laughs> Twist. Didn't see that coming, did you? I didn't. You know what? I didn't. I'll give it that. It's a roller coaster. One eye on his book and the other on the patrons of the tavern. What was he thinking? Why was he thinking? He should have been reading. Well, he was reading. But he would later have no memory of what it was that he had read. Because at some point he became much more interested in a couple of young ladies huddled by the fire. One of them he had had his eye on before. What are you staring at? Came a voice to the side of Fred's head. He turned, but the voice moved to the other side. Do you think they'd want to talk to you? A disgusting freak! Fred turned again, this time he grabbed out of the voice, capturing it in a fist. Shut up, Fred said. I'm cool. 
this publi said so, and I am of the mind to agree with it. You're drunk, said that which Fred held in his hand, muffled by the chubby pink flesh. Holding up his clenched hand, Fred raised his other to strike that which he held, but as he released at the point of impact, the long red strand he was holding shot out, and he punched nothing but his own empty hand. Bastard! shouted Fred, and the patrons all turned to look at him. Sorry, I, I was lost in me book. I think I got a bit carried away. Oh, how the patrons gave him the stink eye. The death waves stung at Fred's cheeks. But wait, the two young ladies were perhaps not wishing him as dead as the others. Were they smiling? Now's my chance, thought Fred. No, not yet. I'll just have another drink. They were probably smiling about what a total idiot I am. So instead, Fred shuffled back to the bar to load up on more delicious poobly. On and on, Fred read and drank. Drank and read. Read and drank. Every single word is important to the story. You're staring again, you flippin' creeper, came a second voice from behind Fred's head. This time, Fred spun around and swung his book about in desperation, looking to hit and silence the voice once and for all. But there was nothing behind him. Nothing but a red blur from the place in which the voice had come. Leave us alone, you red shits, Fred shouted. And once again, all the patrons of the tavern turned to scowl at the lone cretin, sat at his table at the back of the room. Oh no man, it was me again. Um, the bastards and the red shits it's called. I just got so into it and I, I thought I was the protagonist in the story, but when I shouted out and you all saw as I realised that I was just in a tavern reading a book, sorry like. Oh no, thought Fred. Could it really get any more embarrassing than this? Shut up, Fred. I'm telling the story. If there's going to be any foreshadowing, leave it to me, okay? And yeah, it's going to get much worse, you stupid ass. now that you mention it. But at this moment in the story, you're going to think it's a little better. Some people had left the bar, but the young ladies had stayed. Now's my chance, thought Fred again. But this time, however, he acted. He took a deep breath, and before he knew it, he was walking up to the young lady's table. He literally could not feel his legs. He sat down, his mind was racing. What am I doing? He did not know. Time sped up, one moment he was in the chair, the next he and the young women were in a different tavern. He was sat on a round stool high off the ground, a deep cushioned bag in a dark corner. Then he was on his feet, jiggling and surrounded by the spinning candles of a dance hall. It all happened so fast. Though he did not realise it in those moments, Fred could no longer feel the threads that usually bound him, the dark red-coloured ropes that gripped him tightly under his skin. That's right, he was well blotted. Next thing Fred knew, he was in his hovel, sat in his own room. He was not alone. The young woman, the one he'd had his eye on for some time, was there with him. He had become more aware of his surroundings. The alcohol had waned. The excitement of the moment had snapped him out of it. Had all his silent creeping finally paid off? Was it time to collect his reward? Oh, so you think this is the part where we reveal he is a monster and that he's going to kill her and eat her? You at the back. I've warned you enough. Get out. Go on, don't make me come down there. Go on, I'm not reading any more of this story until you've left the room. Right, well, uh, Fred wasn't about to eat the young woman, though it might have looked like that to an untrained storyteller. However, what Fred wanted to do didn't matter, as when he leaned in close to the young woman, his left nostril started to spread wide. Wide like a king's horse's nostril as it galloped about in a netto horse park. Then, with plenty of warning, for it was laughing as it came out, 
a long red strand shot forth from Fred's left nostril. Well, hey, I'm the worst fucking one and I'm finally out, cried the red thread as it whipped itself back and forth from the hole in Fred's face. This was definitely worth the wait, lad. She's proper fit. Give's a kiss, Petal. The young woman screamed and fell back off the bench they were sitting upon. The thread lunged at her as it grew longer and its laughter more lecherous, like when Sid James gets stuck in a moving lift. All the while, Fred was static, locked in a trance. It had happened again. Howie, don't be afraid. It'll be over in seconds and then we'll let you leave. The young woman screamed more and 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 more Andy <laughs> stop saying and more <laughs> don't make us honk you <laughs> I'm just Does trying to make it stop? dramatic finally she stumbled to her feet and managed to run to the doorway only to find the door had been locked frantic she writhed at the handle which caused the door to sing out eee, don't twist that try the lock Holy shit, what's that coming out of his... And just then, King Canute burst through the wall of the hovel on his horse and galloped up to the sofa before in one quick swish he chopped Fred's head clean off. At once, all three of the red threads shot back into Fred and then back out of Fred's neck, along with a lot of blood. And they writhed about in the air before coughing a lot and then also dying. Honk! Honk honk! Honk! Honk honk! Honk honk honk! Honk! Honk honk! Honk honk honk! Honk honk honk! King Canute honked. <laughs> Fred had been vanquished once again. The end. So what's the real story? Uh, the real story is, is uh, that I had a nosebleed on a, on a, on a young lady. Which... What was the fucking honks all about? <laughs> oh, it's just a bit of colour, a bit of story. Magic. What? The magic so of a tale, you know. So 18 honks meant that Fred was vanquished once again. Why all so, the honks though? Like like uh that that if you want to know the truth that was drawn from a previous experience when I lived in Carlisle and the and that city had a big nail. So this week we had the new and coolest kids on the block. They will be performing at the O2 Arena, I'm sure as soon as lockdown is over. And we had a brill from Andy about a terrible nosebleed when he chatted up a girl. And next week, we will have a Braille, a much-anticipated Braille, from Davy Mustard Face and another Grimm's story for you. I'm thinking Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs>